Welcome to the ultimate hangout spot for all sports fans. Welcome to your all-access paths to everything sports. Welcome to GNT Sports Talk. And here are your hosts, Julian Gallardi and Bobby Thompson. So another edition of GNT Sports Talk. I'm Julian Gallardi. I'm Bobby Thompson. I got some extra pep in my step because the Jets finally won a fucking football game. So I'm not wearing the goddamn Jets shirt anymore. I'm wearing a normal Jets tee. And it feels pretty damn good. And we were out there. We saw it. They made a sweat, of course. It wasn't easy. They were up 21-6 to at half. And Meyer drills a 62-yarder at half. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is really going to go down like this. And then, of course, in the second half, we only score a field goal because we like to make games close when they shouldn't be. And Darnold threw a big pick down the stretch, but outstanding day from Big Sam. 338 yards, two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson with the play heard around the NFL, 92 yards, and it was an absolute bomb. Beautiful play. Just shows how well Anderson can play when he has a real quarterback throwing the ball to the Luke Falk. His numbers were horrible with Falk as the whole team struggled, and you saw the difference as Sam injected life into the Jets they desperately needed. We're now 1-4. We have a lot of work to do, and next week is Patriots week, so we're going to have a big preview video for Jets-Patriots coming on later in the week. Yep, absolutely. Uh, this game against the Cowboys, it's just, you know what, when the start of the game, the crowd was into it. We were there. It was like 50-50 Cowboys ah, fans. Nauseating stuff. Um, I will say this. The Jets came out <laughs> and really played well. Um, Sam Darnold, having Sam Darnold back on the field is, is a complete difference for the Jets. He was making plays. It just looks like he hasn't even missed a beat. He comes in, he gets rid of the ball quicker. I've noticed that. I noticed that on Sunday. Um, Robbie Anderson played exceptionally well. That Mm. long pass, 92 yards was open for days. The secondary of the Cowboys could not stay with the receivers and this receiving court for the Jets is banged up. They don't have Anumwa anymore. Um, Demarius Thomas, you don't know what you're getting with him. He was pretty solid, though, but at 60 was, yards. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he was pretty solid. Uh, he did have uh, – he caught the first pass of the game. He mm-hmm. did, yep. On Crowder that, uh, played on real the, well. Crowd, well, here's the thing. Crowder with uh, with uh, Sam Darnold, we saw week one, and he, he, he could average like nine catches for almost 100 yards. Well, he hasn't had 100 yards yet. He's been close. 99, 98, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> so it's coming. It's coming. I, he's, he's, he's that guy who Sam Darnold looks for to get yards. He's like that slot guy who everyone, he's got that security blanket. Yeah, but. I, he was in witness protection with Luke Falk, as their whole offense was. Yeah. But it's good to see that he's alive again. Yep. So <laughs> just the, like our team is for now. The whole the whole game, the Jets were just so much better than Dallas. The one thing I will say is the uh, Jets defense came to play. The defensive line was dominant. The secondary did its job. Quinnen played real well. That was his best game yep. as a pro. Quinnen had that stop on four and two, fourth and two. Real happy to see. Um, <clears throat> I will say this. Um, Jenkins had a sack. Yes, Jenkins had a sack. Uh, Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts did play well. Uh, you we all got helped with the Cooper injury. Yep. I'll have to admit Amari that. Cooper got only played three plays and then was out with a quad injury. That guy just can't stay on the field. When he's on the field, he makes plays, but you got to hope he stays healthy. But other than that, the whole game, 
The Jets were playing exceptionally well, scoring touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell got his first rushing touchdown as a Jet. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Fine, I can't believe that took this long. But um, the one thing that shocked me is he only had one catch for three yards. He wasn't even targeted that much in the receiving yeah, game. Yeah, you know, it seemed to be the focus was really on Robbie and Crowder on a Sunday. Also, Griffin had the touchdown, but other than that, he didn't really have much action. Demarius, we talked about already, but... Yeah, you know, I'd like to see Bell get more involved in the passing game. I definitely would. He normally is. That was pretty stunning. And the Cowboys did a good job with Bell. He didn't really go crazy on them. It was Darnold that really got the victory for the Jets. So it's a good win. We have more work to do. Good news and bad news. And then we'll move on because there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. Osemi, our guard, who we traded from for the Oakland Raiders, is going to be out for the season with shoulder surgery. He will be done. Alex Lewis has played admirably in his spot. He will be the guard going forward. And also got Chumba, who played pretty solid at the tackle position. So the Jets line is starting to look a lot better. Big thing that you said as well, Darnold only got sacked twice, which is a major improvement from what was going on the other games. No, his protection was absolutely tremendous. If you yeah. are, he And the one thing, too, is he helped the offensive line, too. He didn't hold the ball. He yeah, got rid of the ball quick. He made quick. them look better than they actually are, but for sure. with Usemele's injury, he injured that weeks ago. We five, and the apparently, team yeah. also said that they liked Alex Lewis better. They're start, he was they trending were, in the right they direction. They were leaning towards him, at, even if he was healthy. Right. So, so the one thing is, that's not, yeah. you that's know what? Good. It's it's upsetting because, you know, he, he was a big part of your offense season plans, mm-hmm. but the fact that this guy Lewis came in and is really doing well should really make Jets fans yeah, very happy. I'm upset for Assembly. He's a good guy. He signed the ball for me oh, and everything. No, very good guy. It's just a shame what happened, but I'm happy for Lewis. He's been playing well, so he's going to have to step in, and we'll talk more next week about next week, but one thing I got to say, let's get this out of the way now. This was the only correct pick I actually made over Bobby, so that's why we're leading with it. Because the rest of my picks did not look too hot. I was all over the map with this one. A lot of, it was a crazy Sunday. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened, and it wasn't too favorable for me except this game. So we go to a game in the area, sort of, Philly and Minnesota. I was dead wrong on this one. I remember you saying the Vikings would take care of business, and that's exactly what happened. It, it, it was coming. It, it was just coming. They won by three possessions. Vikings move on to four and two. Philly three and three. And now they have a big matchup next week against the Cowboys, who are also dropped to three and three. So the winner will be in front in the NFC East. Mm -hmm. And what do you take away from this Eagles Vikings game? Cousins is coming back to life a little bit. Do you think he's actually playing better? Do you think it's just the bad secondaries he's faced the last two weeks? Well, I think it's a mixture of both because the Eagles secondary is just absolutely god awful. Yeah, we couldn't expose it. It's been god awful for three years now. So, (laughs) um, look. Stefan, they need to get Stefan Diggs involved. This, this was a get-right game this, for him. This was the game where nobody on that field could cover him, mm-hmm. he and he back. proved it. He had seven. I th- was it? Se- I, I saw two things. He had seven catches or nine catches. I don't know. I he, saw like seven I, for one thirty-nine, like three touchdowns. I want to say. I think, I think you're right. I think it's seven, but I saw one sixty-seven in three scores. He could not. He could not be kept out of the end zone. I saw one where he had. He was literally waiting in the end zone for at least three seconds, and no one was even by him. So this game, but I will say this: Kirk Cousins. Was, oh, you were right. It was one sixty-seven. Yeah, it was seven catches though. It was. So he, Stephon Diggs, came back to life. He showed you what he could do on the field. You just got to give him a chance. Kirk Cousins earlier in the year, I don't know why he wasn't throwing to him, but now you see now 
you understand why you got to get him involved and you can't just throw to Thielen. Um, Stefan Diggs, I basically showed everybody in the NFL just how good he is. I don't care what secondary. I know the, se- the corners that were covering him could not even stay with him, but he proved that he's a top-tier receiver in this league. Um, with the Eagles, I'm going to tell you, they got a problem big time. And that secondary, I, right? That defense <laughs> is not what it used to be. The offense, I think, is too hot and cold. I really do. I, I think the Eagles 3-3, three and three, they shouldn't be 3-3. Three and three. They should be a lot better than that. They've they uh, <clears throat> this game in my opinion, they are much better than the Minnesota Vikings. I thought so and too. Kirk, that's why Kirk I picked Cousins, them. <laughs> Kirk Cousins outplayed Carson Wentz, which is that's another reason why I thought the Eagles would have won. You're hitting on the reasons why I was going with Philly, at least making me look somewhat confident it, here. It's it's just <laughs> they didn't show up though. Yeah, it was just disgu- <laughs> It was it was disgusting to look at. They didn't I'm, have I'm it. happy for. Well, here's the thing. I'm happy for Stefan Diggs because he shut everybody up. He showed everyone we could do. But I'm kind of upset because you know I want him to get traded. So <laughs> to to my team, of course. Uh, we're but, okay. We're okay. But keep him over there. In but Minnesota. with this. But with this, the Vikings came out angry. I said this, right? I, they're going to come out angry. You Stephon did. Diggs is going to be pissed off. You did. He's going to take it out on the Eagles, and that's exactly what he did. And going forward, I, I, I hope that defense is game plan for Diggs because you expect him to get the ball a lot more now. Yeah, you finally saw what they were waiting to see. And um, we'll talk about a few more games and we'll cut to commercials. Do you also want to go through the Ramsey news and the Marcus yes. Peters yes, trade? Yes, let's do it. You want to do that now? Yes, let's all do right, it. All right, we could go through that. So, could have started with this, but it's all right. The Rams acquired Jalen Ramsey tonight. This is a blockbuster by every word of it. Two first-rounders in the fourth. They get one of the best corners in the game. They also sent Marcus Peters packing the Baltimore for a linebacker who was from UCLA. Kenny Young. Kenny Young, so... They got some shuffling parts going on. Big time trade for the Rams, who go down again to the 49ers. Another game you had over me. Good segue there. 20 to 7, and they just didn't have it. This 49ers team is for real. I'm all in now. This is going to be a playoff team. Not many teams. I don't know if this ever happened. Has the team ever started 5 0 and not made it? Uh, I'm not really sure, actually, but. They are. For, I will say this: is they are for real. They're 100 percent for real. Their defense is just absolutely dominant. Mm-hmm. I love one thing I love watching is first of all defensive line for the 49ers. It's ridiculously it, good. Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, um, D Ford, Armstead. D, D. Oh my God! I forgot they had D Ford. <laughs> yeah, I forget it's, he's over there they, sometimes. The one thing is they have a young core for a long time, so that front seven is very good. Especially they got Kawan Alexander. At the linebacker right. position, their secondary, Richard Sherman, Jimmy Ward is very underrated. Uh, they're, they're a good team, and they got youth, and they're going to yeah. be good for a long time. I love the D coordinator. I forgot his name. The bald-headed guy gets pumped up. <laughs> love it. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't well, know. <laughs> to talk about this right now with the Rams, the Rams had a problem, and their problem was defense. They got they placed a keep to leave on IR with a rib injury. He's out for eight weeks. So, Earlier in the day, they traded Marcus Peters to the Ravens. And I'm going to say this right now. Here's why I think they did this. They did this because they felt that Marcus Peters wasn't everything they hoped he'd be. In one year with him, he was good. Was good. I think the Ravens made a great move. Absolutely, they did. I mean, yeah, they could use the help. The Ravens secondary now with Marlon Humphrey and now Marcus Peters now you have a secondary to build on for years to come because they're both in their young 20s. Right. So 
Great job by the Ravens. You went out and you got your guy. Now you have two corners that could shut two receivers down. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now in regards to Jalen Ramsey, it was just a matter of time. It was a matter of I did not. I did not expect this. I thought the Chiefs were going to get him. I love every second that the Chiefs did not get him. <laughs> I know why you do. Of course. I'm a little upset about but it. But here's the thing with Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey ju- just made the Rams' defense a lot better. He did. Oh, for sure. So with this, Jules – is you know why they also made this trade? Why else? Because they realized that in San Francisco and the Seahawks, they don't have those receivers that could kill you, but they just got a player that could help them win games. Yeah. They just they just got arguably a top five corner in the game, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna say he's number two behind my guy Stephon Gilmore, and I think you could agree with me on that. I have to concede at this point because so, Ramsey ain't been that yeah. hot so far. So but Ramsey missed three games with that back injury. That's all bullshit. He'll he be just he'll be ready to go for the Rams. I'm guessing. You're damn right, he's gonna be ready to go. And they're playing. Uh, they're playing Sunday uh, against the. I forgot. Who, they're who, playing the Falcons. It looks like. So and let me that's tell you, it's gonna be a let me possible you, get right he, game for the who's, Rams. Who's he gonna? Uh, who's he gonna cover? Julio, and yep. he needs to get going. As well, so that's what's going on over so, there. But actually, there is no go ahead. So, sorry, real quick, I'm going to say both teams that they traded with, both teams won. This one for both parties, except the one thing with the Rams, they don't have first round pick till 2022. That's a big problem. So that's going to be an issue. So Sean McVay and Les Snead and the Rams organization is taking a huge risk, but they're getting a high reward. Also, another thing with Jalen Ramsey, he is going to be a free agent this year. Right, so they're going to so pay him and they, all that. And the Rams just, I guess, that you know what? Money grows on trees in L.A., I guess. I don't know. I don't know how they get to pay all these players. No, I don't understand it you either. You got the issue. All right, so how many guys are going to pay from this Rams team? You got Jared Goff, who's an absolute train wreck, who I really want to talk about. He had 3.3 yards per attempt, and he didn't even get 100 yards. What is going on with Jared oh. Goff? Is this is going to be a huge issue. What is? What are you seeing out of him? I, I'm not seeing anything, want, to be honest with you. The offense, the one thing you got to blame, it, there's a you could point the finger at Jared Goff, which I am. He's making a lot of shitty I have decisions. have to at this point. But the, his offensive line is atrocious. There's no depth. There's the. It's not what it was last year. Okay. And he holds on to the ball very long. I've noticed that sometimes. He does not get the ball out quickly. In this league, if you don't have a dominant offensive line like the Cowboys used to have, mm-hmm. you're not going to win games. Like, let me give you an example. Brady right now, his Tom Brady, his offensive line, the Patriots' offensive line, Lost a lot of key players. They lost Trent Brown last year. Isaiah Wynn is out for a couple weeks. Uh, Marshall Newhouse is an old man. Uh, I think you could say this right now. Have you ever noticed when his offensive line is bad, what does he do? He gets the ball off quick. Oh, yeah, Tom, yeah, he's better than anyone at that, unfortunately. So that's what you got to do. And the one thing with Jared Goff is he's got to learn how. And, and this is also another thing. Um, the Rams look lost when Todd Gurley doesn't play. No, they don't, and that's a that's one thing too. Is you got to this this whole season where they announced that you know with his arthritis in his knee, if he says he's okay to go, you got to work him into it. I understand you want to keep him going, but listen, you're paying the guy fifty two million dollars over four years. That big contract you gave him, he's the highest paid running back for God's sake. You got to pay him. Oh, you gotta play him. Yeah, got well, how you injured? Play him. How injured is he? Is he gonna be back next week? Like, is I think he'll be fine. Thing? But here's the thing, too. They're, that, they're being very cautious. Did, did you see the one thing? Is Daryl Henderson, who hasn't touched the ball yet, mm-hmm. when he touched, when he got some carries, he made some plays. Yeah, six they, for forty. They have, I see. They have a lot of high hopes for him. Malcolm Brown was looking good, but the one thing with <clears throat> with Gurley, when he's in the game, 
everything changes. They mm-hmm. game plan around him. They became, in a way, Jules, the Rams are becoming one-dimensional without, without Gurley, him. yeah. And that's a big problem for Goff, You obviously. jam up on the receivers and you pressure Goff and they're done. They yeah. Take away, take your chances with Henderson and Brown. They're not what Gurley brings to the table, but they make them one-dimensional. And the 49ers defense should prove that otherwise, so... Yeah, so I think this would be a good time to cut to commercial. What game you want to talk about when we come back? I want to talk about my game. I was going to say, we didn't get you yet. All right. And we'll be we'll right do back. Patriots, Giants on the way back. What's up, GT fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at GT Sports Talk 2, where we provide your all access pass to everything sports. Once again, that's at GTS Sports Talk 2. Now back to the studio. And we are back here. On GNT Sports Talk. And let's get to it. The next game is a Thursday night game from last week. The Patriots against the Giants. Danny Dimes coming up to Foxborough. And so he got up there and he was completely outmanned. I think we could agree. No Sterling Shepard. No Saquon Barkley. No Evan Ingram. No Wayne Gallman. Not much of anything, really. So, hey, Jules, you want to... Uh, I want, to, you know what, before I go in, I want you to uh, tell me what you thought of this game Well, before I, it started. I thought this was going to absolute mismatch, obviously. I didn't think the Giants had any chance to win this game. And for the most part, I was surprised what I saw from three quarters. It was only 21-14. <sighs> I was very surprised to see that. But it's not like I ever thought the Giants would actually win the football game. Well, that, that, that's silly now as much as I would have wanted them to. But you know what? They showed a lot of heart and guts to Giants. They just couldn't execute, really. There was too many turnovers. They were undermanned, like you said. They did about as well as they could have done, mm-hmm. I think, honestly. How do you see it? So I'll tell you this. Well, the Patriots' defense led up their first passing touchdown. Yeah, to finally. Golden oh my Tate. God. You'll give up some more next week, though. I'm not even going to go into you with that right now, <laughs> that, that asinine statement. Uh, all right, so Danny, Dim- Danny Dimes came in, and I'll tell you what, the Patriots defense, I'm sorry, they, they really came out. To, they, they're just on, on a short week. They just keep showing how dominant they are. They, all they do is get turnovers. They lead the league in interceptions. They have 14 You guys in going crazy. Weeks. So, Jules – Right now, what are they averaging? Like two interceptions, a little bit more than two interceptions a game? Like two or three turnovers a game? Yeah, I would say. I mean, you have some fumble recoveries and strip sacks. How many strip sacks and fumble recoveries you guys Uh, have? You know what? We we do have a few of those. We don't have as many as I thought we would. I'll tell you this. I'm shocked how many sacks we're getting. Well, you're 6-0. We're 6-0. I'll, t- I'll, go, I'll run through the game real fast. You probably have close to three turnovers a game at least because yeah. you have 14 picks. So. No, so, yeah. So, with that, the Patriots' defense is ridiculously came, good. Came to, to play. To they, they got pressure on the quarterback. They let up. You know what? Golden Tate had a very good game. Golden Tate is a Patriot that big killer. touchdown, yeah. Yep, but on the first pass of the game, did you see what happened? Gilmore t- Gil- Stephon Gilmore, I'm sorry, he – he is just absolutely a stud. I know he was going up against no-name receivers, but he just there's no way to pass. And here's the thing. 
Patriots only let up 160 something passing yards. That's it. Yeah, you guys don't give up nothing. So you're six and zero. Giants two and four. Another day at the office, basically. The one thing I will say is Tom, but the wind was a factor. In yeah, the, it was ugly. But I will tell you this: what I saw, um, Julian Edelman is just a freak of nature. I think well. we all know that. Sony Michelle did okay. Uh, I love me some Brandon Bolden. That running back, the Patriots running backs, Jules. I think you could admit it. Whoever's in there, they just make plays. Uh, I don't know how you guys just rotate them like that. It's <clears> so <throat> frustrating and tough to watch, but that's what appears to take place. And like I said, another day at the office for you guys. Yep, with with thirty five fourteen, another defensive touchdown. Kyle Van Noy, absolute stud. The Patriots boogeyman linebackers <laughs> are just making plays. I love it. Now we're on to the Jets. The one thing I will say about the Giants, though, they got pressure on Brady. Um, mm-hmm. I really like what they're doing. I, I, Dexter I don't like, Lawrence has been playing well. Dexter Lawrence has been playing well. Lorenzo Carter, I've been a huge fan of him ever since he was at Georgia. I thought he had Patriots written all over him before, yeah, I remember. The, Gi- before the Giants snagged him. Um, I will say this, the Giants do have some, you know, uh, to be optimistic about their defensive line. I think they're going to be good down the line. Uh, that secondary, they got to work on it because uh, Janoris Jenkins got a gift of an interception because if the, oh, wind, yeah. if the wind didn't take that, that was a touchdown by Edelman. He was wide mm. open. Oh, yeah. Um, but with that, um, the Patriots, you know, they played well. Only let up – they let up 14 points. However, one touchdown on defense. They're mm-hmm. still their their defense is still averaging under a touchdown a game. Yeah, if you look at it statistically, Through like six weeks, based off like the offense is actually scoring, you guys haven't even given up like six touchdowns yet. The Patriots' most points they've let up this year is fourteen. To they've us only, and the Giants and the Giants. That's it. And that's yeah, it. It's gonna change on Monday though. Get ready. You want to keep? You know what? Stop. <laughs> I'm gonna say this right now. You want to keep running your mouth? All right, here we go. We're going to come into MetLife, and I understand. You guys are going to be rowdy. You're going to be Hopefully ready to go. Hopefully we get Mosley and um, Aaron Don back. That'll make me feel a lot more confident. If Mosley comes back, I am not going to be happy. It's time, it's brother. It's going to be tough to play against him, but you know what? Maybe we'll get lucky and he'll sit out one more week. <sighs> Let's not, but all right. Let's move on. Yeah, we got it. So what else really stuck out to you this weekend? How, all right, I'll give you credit for this one right now. Texans Chiefs, good call, brother, honestly. Another one you took me down in and – the Texans, 34-24. Chiefs were up, what, 17-3 at one point? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill came back, and he does what he does best is get in the end zone. I think you could agree with me on that. He had two TDs. Mm-hmm. They were up 17-3. to They were just dominating. They even made plays on defense, and you know the, the Chiefs yeah, have had no two defense. Picks of Watson, yeah. Yep. But you know what, Julian? I got to tell you this. Deshaun Watson is starting to prove he is an absolute stud. You think he's in the MVP conversation? Yes, yes he is. I also and, want to say McCaffrey's in there. Oh, Christian. Yeah, Christian Maybe McCaffrey's even Cook, a great well, yeah. uh, You know, in my opinion, I think MVP all around is, is Russell Wilson. I well, think probably he's quarterback, cool. yeah. But, yeah, but uh, with that, um, uh, Deshaun Watson just comes in. He makes plays. He brought them back. They win the game. You know who also had a great game? Carlos Hyde. Carlos yeah. Hyde is really fitting into uh, this. Hyde's stuff. really emerging. So here's what I'm going to tell you with this. I know it's only six games in. But I'm worried I think about the should, Chiefs a little bit. I think that well, I'm gonna say that I th- I was talking in regards to the running back position. 
I think oh, okay. that the Texans going forward, even next year with Lamar Miller coming back, I think they should stick with Carlos Hyde. He's younger and better. Right. I also think that high, uh, Miller might actually be a free agent after the season. I anyway. think you might be right too, brother. So yeah. I think his his days are numbered with the Texans probably, especially if Hyde keeps putting in work like this. Yeah. So, yeah, high, they found something good with Hyde, and the Texans get a big win, and now – where are they in the AFC South standings? They are on top. They're four and two, and, and they the, and they play the Colts this week. That's, that's a big game. Yep, it is a big game, and the Chiefs drop two straight at, at home, which is very surprising. They're not right. I'm definitely concerned with that defense, and maybe even the health of Patrick Mahomes, as you were alluding to. But we're gonna have to see what happens, and they're gonna have to try to bounce back. But let's go through another one. Seahawks Browns is very up and down. <clears throat> And the Seahawks get it done. The Browns, again, can't figure it out. They lose another football game. A bunch of point fingers are being pointed at Freddie Kitchens, Baker Mayfield. It's, another, it's a big, ugly mess in Cleveland. And we sort of predicted this, but not to this extent that we've seen it so far. Browns are, what, 2-4 and four now? Yeah, the Browns are 2-4, and four and largely because Baker Mayfield can't stop turning the ball. He has 11 interceptions. Jesus. He's just not playing well. No. This team is just not clicking. We all, everybody, and including myself, we all thought when they got Odell Beckham, when they made all these moves, that they were going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They have come out and made everybody eat crow. <laughs> yeah, all they are garbage. Super Bowl. They, Nick, they, Nick Chubb been solid, though. I'll give him that. No, of course. Nick, <laughs> Chubb, Nick Chubb has nothing to do with this. You're at you. <laughs> and then when they get Kareem Hunt in the next two weeks, they're just going to – I think that – well, you, I wonder how they're going to split those carries between those well, two. I think this team needs to start running the ball a lot Agreed. more and throwing Agreed. it a lot less. Keep the ball out of Baker's hands. Let's put That's it that way. That's how bad it's been for him. I mean, at least Odell finally went over 100 yards. But, yeah, this is a mess right now. Seahawks rolling 5-1. and one. Them and the 49ers flying high in the NFC West. They're, they're amazing. And no the Rams, could the Rams miss the playoffs potentially? And those two take their spots. Well, we're getting well, we're getting Jalen Ramsey. That helps, but you know, I think that they got to play some catch up. They they definitely got to play. They catch have up. a lot, long season, long season though. I, I'm just gonna say this. I think the in regards. I don't want to get off topic, but regards to that, I think the 49ers are a team you do not want to see later in the year. All right, there's another hot topic we got to get into: Panthers and Bucks. And Kyle Allen continues to roll. Two touchdowns, no picks. And London, they go across the pond. They win the football game. And McCaffrey wasn't even that great. But Jameis Winston, five interceptions. This guy's an absolute train wreck. I don't know what more needs to be said about this. Is he going to get benched? I don't even know who their backup is. But he's not the answer going forward. I think it's pretty clear at this point. The Bucs need to find the quarterback. And for the Panthers, would you bring back Cam Newton or is this Kyle Allen's job now? You get, here's why I always say this. you got to ride the hot hand. Kyle Allen is playing absolutely he's lights out. He is 4-0. He's not turning the ball over. No picks. And no, Yep, not turning the ball over. He's playing well. He's making smart decisions. He's getting the ball out quick. He's doing everything he can. And the defense is playing well. It just seems like they play a lot better without Cam Newton. Now, with this, I will tell you this. There's been talks lately, you know, the trade deadline looming in the next two in two weeks from today. Um, they can't be and traded. his trade market is robust. He has like 15 teams interested if he would be available. Do I think he's going to be available? No, I do not. But in my opinion, when he comes healthy, you have to ride the hot hand and keep Kyle Allen in there. I know I sound crazy, <laughs> but they're winning games. And yeah. they're not turning the ball over. So keep the kid in there. It's not that crazy. I mean, it makes some sense to me. I'm almost feeling the same way, but I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they're winning football games, like you said. So it's tough to take someone out when you're winning. 
I know Cam Newton's MVP and he's the guy. You're not supposed to lose your job to injury, but we, you obviously know better than anyone how that goes, unfortunately. Thanks, Mo Lewis. And we actually met Mo Lewis, and Bobby sort of thanked him. But I did. Panthers 4-2, and two, Bucks going the wrong direction, 2-4. and four. No, wait till I rip into them. So what do you want to say about the Bucks and Jameis Winston fiasco? I think Jameis Winston has proven that this guy just – he can't play on the NFL level. I'm sorry. It looks pretty obvious. He's a turnover machine. That's what he is. That's putting it mildly, He's brother. a child at heart. He's a distraction. <laughs> You've seen what he's done he, with the groping incident, with the with all the bullshit he has. He's he, he. You know what? He seems to be – he can be a leader at times. I've seen him on the field. He does have ability, but he just doesn't put it together. It's just – I just don't think he's smart enough to play in the league. I'm sorry. I think that maybe I don't know what it, the problem it, is. You know, you bring in Bruce Arians as the head coach. He's a quarterback whisperer, and it doesn't work. It's not happening. Um, a game where you don't get last two weeks ago when they didn't even get the ball to to your best player, Mike Evans, who had nothing. That that's a problem. That shouldn't even be a that he should be having. He should be getting the ball almost every every other play. I mean, and yeah. this offense, this whole team. On defense, I'm not going to leave the defense out of this because they're playing well, except they didn't play well this weekend. No, but they're they playing well. But Todd Bowles is doing everything he can. But the offense is putting them in bad positions. You turn the football over five times, times they're not going to win that find game. Find a running back, please. Rojo, I'm tired of this but, shit. You know, he was he didn't do so much. They didn't run it much. They were down most of the game. It was just a mess. The only uh, the only up about this team is Chris Godwin. And Evans when he's consistent. I mean, the Bucks have weapons on offense. It's really on Jameis, honestly. That's the problem. I and mean, it's very obvious. I mean, and we go to the other quarterback that was drafted in that class, and it seems to be very ironically fitting that Marcus Mariota has been benched oh, God. in favor of Ryan Tannehill. That's another story, and you, another game you get me on. Broncos shut the Titans out 16 and nothing, and that will be the end of Mariota's time in Tennessee, potentially. Tannehill stepped in and relieved him, 13 to 16, 144 in a pick. Mariota throws two picks. Has 63 yards before exiting, so that's about how well his day went. And that's all she wrote for Mariota, potentially. It's a shame. This because game you, was a bad. It, it was bad. It's a shame that Marcus Mariota, you, just, you know what, they had a lot of high hopes for him when he was drafted, and he just can't put it together. He just does not play well. Turns the ball over too much. Those two quarterbacks just to, like to turn the ball over. And here's another thing. The Titans have weapons as well on offense. Yeah, they do, for sure. And it, it it's really unfortunate. I think they were an up-and-coming team. But inconsistency at the quarterback position. Will kill you. Will kill you. I and now they go. Anyone. Yeah. Then you go to Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> who you guys know. Uh, oh, I also wh- know pretty well. What, what he could do when he was with the Dolphins. He's he. He shows flashes at times, but there's times where he could be extremely bad. So we'll see what happens with this. I think that the Titans' defense has playmakers, but they just can't keep it together. I don't understand. But in the in the terms of this game, the Broncos were just a better team. They just they they proved it, and that's I, there's not much to say about this. No, game. it's it. really bad. And I'll tell you a, a telling staff from this game, and then we're gonna throw it in the garbage because that's what this was. No quarterback threw for 200 yards. No receiver had 100 and no running back had 100. What a boring game. What more do you even need to know about that game? I don't boring. think anything. So, and the both teams are 2-4. and four. Not going to do anything probably, but. All right, so what, what are we looking at now? What game we want to get to? Um, let's get to, uh, 
Let's see here. Um, what do we have left? That- we got Steelers. Chargers, which was really something. We have Cardinals, Falcons, Saints, Jaguars, Redskins, Let's go Falcons. with your Falcons. All right, we'll do Falcons, and we'll go to commercial after that. Falcons, I'm at a loss for words right now. This team is absolutely horrendous. Dan Quinn should be fired yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was a big advocate of Quinn for a while, but he's lost his football team. You cannot lose this game to the Arizona Cardinals going in one and four in a game you have to have. And you come out and you play like absolute shit. And you're down 20 to 10 at halftime with 26 to 10 at one point, actually. Okay. So you're down 27 to 10. You almost come back. You come down the field and you get a touchdown to Freeman. And of course you go for two and you don't get it. That just, uh, it just sums up their whole season so far. Mm. Too little, too late. This team's been getting killed out of the gate almost every game. They try to rally back. They almost get it done, but they can't quite figure it out. And Dan Quinn can't quite figure it out, and I think he needs to take a hike because this is just a mess. They're 1-5 now. This, their season's over. I'm, I'm saying it's done. I don't think that's a bold statement, really, 1-5. And, and they play the Rams this week, an angry Rams team who also desperately needs to win a football game. So I don't know if it's going to get better anytime soon. I'm just not happy with what I'm seeing. Matt Ryan actually played really well, but the defense did not. Murray goes through 340 and three touchdowns. Matty Ice goes through 356 and four touchdowns. And, I, you know, Julio gets 108 yards, but I need to see more, bro. I really do. He's been quiet the last few weeks. Yeah, um, the Falcons have a big issue with everything. I think the whole team needs to uh, trouble. assess themselves. Um, Dan Quinn, ever since that Super Bowl loss, I think has done nothing for them. I don't it's think they, bad. they haven't upgraded the team. They've downgraded the team tremendously. The defense is absolutely you lose, unwatchable. Yep. Keanu Neal, two years to season-ending injuries will kill you. But it's inconsistency. They're not as dominant as they were a few years ago. Vic Beasley, you don't even hear about the guy anymore. Uh, They don't get sacks. They don't get turnovers. It's just not a good football team. Matt Ryan is too inconsistent. No sacks against Kyler Murray. That that's pathetic. It's, you got to sack should, him. This, they should have won this game like thirty-four to ten. If this and was vintage nice. Falcons, they would have won like thirty-four seventeen yep. at worst. But it's not vintage Falcons, obviously. And Kyler Murray made a lot of plays. You know, he's starting to come into his own a little bit. Cliff Kingsbury and him starting to build something good there. Got some playmakers there, of course. Fitzgerald, Kirk, Kirk was injured, but they got a bunch of receivers. David Johnson did well, but it, it's it's a problem in. Atlanta, I think that Arthur Blank really needs to assess his team in the offseason, get rid of Dan Quinn, and find somebody else who could get the job done. And you know what? Matt Ryan needs to play better. He can't turn the ball over. He's got to make better decisions. And Because that offense with Ridley, Julio Jones, and Muhammad Sanu Austin and Devontae Hooper, Freeman, Austin Hooper, now boy. when I he's, – he's a stud. He's the only consistent force out there lately we've he's been, been talking about. great. But, of course, but it's, it's, it's a problem for Atlanta, and they really have to address it. I'm not happy about it at all. I mean, it's my second team. Most people know that. They know me, so I'm not thrilled with what I've seen. It sucks. I want to see a lot better football, but I guess the last thing I'll ask, and then we'll go. Um, 
Do you think so? You don't think it's worth firing Quinn in the season? You think they should just wait till the off season? Yeah, just you know what, ride with the guy because I don't even know who would be the interim to replace him. To be yeah, I guess the season's already lost, so, so it's just, not like you could save just it. Just stay anyway. with him. I think he's definitely gonna get fired the day after. Oh, he's the, done. The season ends, and I think he'll find a D coordinator job right away, as Todd Bowles did, of course. Yeah, I can see that happening, but man, his defense has been lousy lately. Yes, agreed. So. We're going to cut the commercial. We'll do Jaguar Saints when we get back. What's up, GT fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at GT Sports Talk 2, where we provide your all access pass to everything sports. Once again, that's at GTS Sports Talk 2. Now back to the studio. So, another game you get me in seems like my sweet segue with every single game this week. Jaguars Saints. I somehow predicted the Jaguars to win. I told you I didn't know why I was picking it, and clearly I was wrong. <laughs> the Jaguars always scored six points. The Saints only scored 13, but it was good enough to win the football game. Minshew Mania might be crashing a little bit. And honestly, I didn't watch much of this game. I wasn't really able to, but... It just wasn't pretty football, I can tell you that much. Minshew under 200 yards. Bridgewater 240 in the touchdown. They don't even run the ball much. Around 100 if you add everyone up. Fournette only had 72 yards. You know, Michael Thomas under 100. So no running back or receiver went for 100 in this game. Just a sloppy football game. And the Saints, but the Saints just keep winning without Drew. And Bridgewater just holds the fort down. And two things with this, I would say. Do you think um, they're confident in Teddy as the future quarterback, I would guess, say? And then have you heard any news on Drew Brees when he may return? They are now 5-1, and one, the Saints. Well, I think in the his absence, I think Teddy Bridgewater has played absolutely tremendous. I think he has made the case that he is the heir apparent to Drew Brees. They're winning with they're winning with him. He's getting he's putting up numbers. He's doing everything he can and they're winning. So they really like that. And they, they had high hopes for him. When they traded for him, they had high hopes that they feel like he could take over. But in regards to Drew Brees, I saw him throwing last week. So they said he'll be back before their bye. So their bye is coming up in the next two weeks. They so don't be surprised he comes back soon, but their future is bright at the quarterback position, let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it hasn't necessarily been pretty, but they're winning games, and that's all you can ask for. And he's held it down admirably. He's won every single game without Breeze. So the Saints are a threat in the NFC, of course. Yes, of course they are. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It looks like the division's coming down to Saints and Panthers yet again. Of course. So, yeah, that's what that's about. So we move forward. And this game... Let's just get it over with. Redskins, Dolphins. I'm not even going to oh, say much God. about this. I mean, just two bad football teams. The Dolphins almost come back and win. They were down 17 to nothing. And I believe they tried a two-point conversion. I was told they hit Kenyon Drake on the chest. And he just, like, dropped it. And they end up losing the game in such Dolphin fashion this year. And they are on a fast track for Tua Tonga Bailoa. Yeah. It, it was uh... – Ugly game. It was the battle for Tua. It was a battle of the two of the <laughs> shittiest teams in the league. Um, it was boring to watch. Fitzpatrick we, came in and we saved the walking, day almost. As we were walking. Yeah, um, Josh Rosen gets benched for Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick 
brings them back. They try to win it, and they fail miserably. <laughs> they lose the game. The Dolphins are just it, – it, it went down in Dolphin fashion just how bad they are. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say much about this. You know, Bill Callahan was the uh, – Head coach to interim head coach because Jay Gruden obviously we all know he got fired, <laughs> um, and Case Keenum did everything he could for them. They won the game seventeen to sixteen. Um, Just a great football game. Was, so, oh if yeah, you didn't such watch a, this. I don't know what you were oh, doing. Oh, of course, you were missing the the game of the year. <laughs> game gonna, of the year. That's on that's on NFL Classics right now. Yeah. You, you can catch it again if you want. Yeah, probably. If you guys want to watch it, just go uh, watch. Go on NFL Rewind. On NFL.com or go on uh, Classics, exactly. Yo, I might have to stop this podcast right now to watch it. Yeah, you know I what? I think Let's we should just on. shut it down. Shut it down. We're going <laughs> to shut it down. Yeah. Nah, psych. <laughs> but, um, all right, another game that was a little more interesting than we anticipated, I think. Bengals and Ravens. Oh, yeah. Ravens win the football game, obviously. But it was closer than we thought. But, you know, what? Well, a win's a win. We keep, we keep it trucking. And... <laughs> 23-17, Baltimore. Lamar Jackson went crazy. Oh, that's all the kid does. He's a human highlight reel. He's a human yes. joystick. Lamar Jackson, the human joystick. I can get behind that. And the joystick threw for 236, but he ran for 152 in the touchdown. My so God. just around 400 all-purpose yards. He just keeps doing work. Mark Ingram, another touchdown, but it's not sustainable, though. Don't worry oh, yeah. about it. His production's going to fall <laughs> off, right? It's yeah. not sustainable. One of the stupidest things I've heard all year. <laughs> Guy's a touchdown machine. He has seven touchdowns already. <laughs> yeah, but it won't last. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> How could it keep happening? Expect him that uh, Don't start him in your lineups every week, right? Get the hell out of here with that shit. <laughs> Yeah, Ingram shouldn't play. I think you should bench him next week. Oh yeah, I'm actually benching him. I'm gonna bench him for uh, Gio Bernard. It's not sustainable, so he has to go to the bench. Yep, of course, definitely. (laughs) One thing in this game, I will say, Jules, the Bengals found a stud in another receiver, Auden Tate. Yeah, they seem to be pulling all these receivers now. What happened to our buddy Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd, I, I, you know what? It's, it's, you know, three catches, ten yards. Yeah, I don't like that stat, especially since I have him in a bunch of leagues in fantasy. I have a lot of high hopes. They gave him a contract in the offseason, four years, 40-something million dollars, 10 mil a year. Um, and he, it's just not producing. I'm going to say no. it's on both sides. I think that Andy Dalton's just not getting him the ball enough. But also, uh, he has to start making plays, especially with A.J. Green out. So yeah. all Any the news t- on A.J.? Um, I keep asking. Well, he's in the talks for trades. I know they said they're not going to trade him, but oh, I don't believe that I until – back. So, basically, A.J. Green – they said that they don't know when he'll be back. Don't be surprised if he's back within the next week or so. We'll have to they see, said his ankle is getting okay. I think he's practicing on a limited basis. He's getting back into it. So we'll keep an eye on that the next two weeks. As we said, the trade deadline is two weeks from today at 4 p.m. And we, I think you and I could say this now. We will have a show about the trade deadline. I think it's something. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll recap it. So with that, Auden Tate, Jules, I think you could agree for the Bengals. They found another stud because all this guy did was light up that secondary. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he had five for 91 catches. Yards and uh, two other takeaways. Joe Mixon's really been disappointing this year. Yes, Only 10 has. yards really again. Getting, I'm getting disgusted. He has not had it this year. And then Mark Andrews just continues to produce another 100-yard game. This, the Ravens have really found a solid tight end in Mark Andrews. Yes, they did. And they also have Hay- Hayden Hurst. They had high hopes from, but... <laughs> Had to start him. It almost cost me. That was bad. Oh, God. He put up like two points, and I only won by six. <laughs> so, yeah, it was almost costly. I'm just thanking God that one, one time I 
That was I'm I'm six and zero, so everything's all oh. good. But her and Don and Ingram better be back next week. At least one of them. Oh, we'll see. hopefully her and Don preferably. But you know we'll have to see what happens with that. And then another game. This one we did not see coming. Steelers beat the Chargers with Hodges playing quarterback, and this Chargers team is a disgrace. I don't, know, I don't know oh what's God. going on with them. Probably one of the most disappointing teams in the league right now. How do you? I don't understand how you let this happen. He only throws for 132 yards a touchdown and a pick. Benny Snell actually had 75 yards, and James Conner had 41 a touchdown. Benny Snell, remember you liked him, Jules? Yeah, I do, I do. I do remember Benny Snell, of course. And then Melvin Gordon only 18 yards. The Chargers couldn't run the ball against the Steelers, which I found very strange. And then Phillip Rivers was god-awful, two interceptions. He does throw for 320, but only 17 points against the Steelers is really unacceptable to me, especially when they're playing a third-string quarterback. You can't lose that football game. Yeah, it's it, it was bad. Um, I didn't even watch it because the Yankees were playing. I'll keep it 100, but... Yeah, I wasn't watching it. I, I <laughs> didn't watch it much either, but... The you one just thing, can't lose that game. The one thing is they could not – they were turning the ball over. Devin Bush was an absolute stud, the rookie linebacker, first-round pick for the Steelers. He's showing that he's going to have a bright future. He's a playmaker. He had an interception. He had a touchdown, and he also had a fumble recovery. So – and he's the first player to do that in years. Yeah, so, I like Devin Bush too. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a very, very good and, player. Um, yeah, and the Chargers almost come back like they always do. 17 points in the fourth quarter, but not enough, obviously. And really disappointing loss. And the Chargers are, what, 2-4 and four now we talking yeah. with them? Yep. Steelers also 2-4. and four. Yeah. It's, it's, um, so both teams in trouble still, obviously. The one thing but. that's a problem, the Steelers' front seven is very good. Mm-hmm. T.J. Watt is a stud. They did lose the, uh, Stephon Tuitt for the year. He tore his peck. That's a big-time uh, loss yeah. for them. You know what? Hey, Jules, you know what? Trade deadline. I could see the Steelers calling up the Jets for Leonard Williams to replace them. I could see it. I've heard the Steelers link to Leo before, actually. It's very interesting. It, it makes a lot of sense now. You think they'd throw us a third for Leo? I think they would be interested in that. I think he could replace them, you know, and help that D-line, hopefully. But. Watch him, like, flex up with another team. That's the one thing I'm worried about. Yeah. It just he, but I, We've tried everything with him. I don't understand why he's so bad. He just doesn't do anything. I've really had enough, but... Regardless of that, here was the, this might have been the best game of the week, actually. And this game was crazy. And I don't know. I hate talking about this, but the officials have been horrible this year. Oh, my God. You want to go through some of the stuff that took one down in the game yesterday between the Packers and Lions? This was a crazy one. Packers win 23-22. Yeah. Lions were in control for most of this game but could not hold on. So let's, I hate talking about this, but it has to be talked about. It's a big topic. What's up with the officials, man? The officiating has been god-awful. Um, the calls to Trey Flowers, and I feel for Trey Flowers, and I miss Trey Flowers because, obviously, as you all know, he used to be a Patriot. He signed <laughs> that big, massive deal to go play for his former D coordinator in Detroit for Matt Patricia. He got screwed yesterday with those calls. That was bullshit. How is hands to the face when you grab somebody right here? I don't know, brother. That's not hands to the I, face. I don't know what to tell and you. That this is not hands to the face. They also missed the blatant P.I. on Galladay, too. Yep, on Galladay. And on that play, the second uh, hands to the face on uh, Trey Flowers, if you see it, the hands to the face should be on the offense because uh, the center, I think, Lindsley, was face-masking, um, uh, whatchamacallit, what's his name, uh, Snacks Harrison. Oh, okay. And it was blatant, too. <laughs> so, in my opinion, I'm going to tell you this. 
I think the Lions got screwed. I think, listen, I don't think the Lions are a bad team. I really don't. I was saying the same thing. The pa- was but I will tell you this, the Packers, that receiving core is disgusting. And I don't mean it in a good way. It's <laughs> disgusting. The injuries, Geronimo Allison was out. Valdez Scanling was out. They were thrown to a guy named Lazard. I don't know how Rodgers does it with these no-names. No, I don't get tags, but. There's the only The only person who could throw to no-names is Brady. And now and Rodgers now. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing is Aaron Rodgers, Jules, he's still not putting – he's not having that big game like we've talked about. No, but I can't blame him yesterday because he didn't have anyone. No, I agree. And he still, he still threw for almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. I'm really disappointed with Kerryon Johnson. Where has he been all season? Just 34 yards rushing, nothing going. And the Packers' rush defense is not good. So their pass defense is actually better than the rush defense. You saw how the Eagles were able to run over him. So, yeah. I mean, Kerryon in the Lions' running game has been a huge disappointment to me. Aaron Jones was underwhelming yesterday. He, he messed up a lot of chances. He could have had an easy touchdown he dropped. Yeah, that was that. that oh, my God. That you was can't really drop that, bro. No, you can't do that. Galladay had a good game, five catches for 121, and the Lions was a heartbreaker. And you know what's actually really crazy about this? The Lions would have been in first if they won that game. The whole division would be flipped, basically, if they had won that game. I know, and they, and that's why they're so upset is because it was they a got big, screwed. It was a big swing game. And oh, also going back to that call real fast, Troy Vincent, the NFL's VP, the vice president, Said that the referees blew that call. That, that which that, call? The both the, the hands to face on Trey Flowers, the second one oh, okay. in the fourth quarter. That that and they said they made a big mistake. It shouldn't have been called. He he's a former defensive lineman too, so he knows about this. So it, he he did admit, and the NFL did admit that they got it wrong. And they're going to try to do whatever it takes to fix it up. You know up. what? I don't want to hear that bullshit. Get it right. I'm, I'm sick of, oh, we got it wrong. You know what? Fuck you, assholes. Get it right. I'm sick of it. Honestly, how many times do we have to hear, oh, we got it wrong? You know what? No one cares because it's over. You can't fix it. Fucking clean it up. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to agree <laughs> so with you. So you agree with me? Am no, I wrong? Like, no, like I don't want to hear it too because that, <laughs> costs, that costs teams games and it costs people, you know, it, it, it has big... Uh, ramifications. ramifications. It holds a vision change now. And literally, these referees, the zebras, I'm going to call them because <laughs> that's what they are. I'm not a big NFL referees, I think, are so fair weathered, in my opinion. I think they have about, fa- they show that? favorites. Yeah, yeah, they do. I got some stuff. And they, they are told who to give credit, who to watch out for, and who not to watch out We've for. We've seen stuff on tape before and stuff like yeah. that. Someone's like, you can't hit Brady and all this. I'm like, God damn. And then, like, I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> I got you. Don't listen, worry. Listen, I'll tell you this. There was a time where the. <laughs> you, referee, you know what I'm talking about. I know, you, I know where it is, and I love every second of it. It's such bullshit. But here's the thing there used to be a referee. Remember Ron Winter, guy, guy had white hair and glasses. Uh, there was a game in 2009, Tom Brady got hit in the leg by. Pollard. Ray Lewis, oh, Ray no. Lewis, and he looked at Ron Ron Winter and pointed to his leg, and and Ron went up through the flag. That's such bullshit! Like, why the fuck? Oh my god, it's so gay. But ten years ago, I have some stats. The NFL okay. averaged eleven point eight penalties and was ninety seven yards a game. Five years ago, it was up to thirteen point two penalties, one hundred eleven yards a game. Currently, we're sitting at fifteen a game. And around 125 yards. That's so that's disgusting. It's that's just pathetic. going up. It's getting too soft. The calls are too ticky tacky. Like yes, the end of that Jets game was disgusting. That's too. what I was just gonna say. I was so. How many penalties? There oh was my god! Five penalties in the last drive. I was like, they were trying to do everything they could to not let us win that football game, <laughs> and we saw. And thank God we won it. But 
it's it's crazy. The official the state of the officiating's never been worse. It, it's a cause for concern, and they definitely um, need to clean this up for the playoffs. We saw the bullshit that happened last year in the playoffs, and I was really hoping that that would help them clean it up, but that has not been the case at all. And it's actually gotten worse because no one knows how to call these PI challenges either. Like, they're so bad. Like, you don't know what's going to get called, what to challenge, what not to challenge. Yeah. It's all a mess right now. It's all, And it's we're already six weeks into the season. This is not the trial and error phase. We need to figure this out. Exactly. I don't want to see any more playoff games or big games decided by bullshit calls that shouldn't be made. No. I'm sick of it. It's, it's, it's ruining the game, and I think a lot of football fans are tired of the officials. I agree, a hundred percent. It's it's uh, it's bad. The re- the officiating. They also, uh, the officiating CBA or whatever. They renewed it for ten years, and that's a pro. And <laughs> the next ten years, we have to deal with this bullshit. Like, come on, fix it. And I'm going to tell you this: the the best referees, Jules, are the ones who are retired now. Who are the ones on CBS, like Gene Skeletor, mm-hmm. oh, where they ask him if it's a penalty or not. Or um, what's his name? Terry McCauley, Ron Alvaron used to be a decent guy. Uh, it, it, it's a problem, and yeah. I'm tired of it. And I'm going to tell you this. What about good old Ed Hockey? Uh, <laughs> oh, Ed Hockey, I mean, uh, false start, uh, uh, defense. <laughs> the most cut referee I've ever seen in my life. Oh, no, he, he was cut. His, <laughs> his, uh, I think his son's a referee now, actually. Oh, boy. But... No, no, he 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 was he, he did what he had to do. He 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 was he tried he did his best to do everything. I'm not gonna knock. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, no one makes perfect calls all the time. But, but, but what are you the, saying? <laughs> but the officiating needs to change. I think that Roger Goodell and the NFL really need to harbor down and hammer down, as I should say, on these referees with the penalties. Stop throwing flags on every fucking play. Let them play. This is this little Jules. Next thing you know. They're going to flag people for when you make a play and you go like this to somebody. Be a like, good job. Oh, flag. Bro, like, the hit they were going to find Jamal Adams on was absolutely ridiculous. It was. At it least was. he actually won his appeal. But, like, how do you even think to find someone over such a baby? Like, it's, oh, my God, I can't. I've had enough with this. It's a problem. Yeah, I'll say. I think on that note, I don't know about you. I think I'm just about good with this pod. Yeah, me too. All right, well. Hopefully everyone enjoyed our results and reactions. We'll have a bunch of previews this week. We'll dive into some more baseball talk. Probably the Yankees can come back from the 2-1 deficit. And it looks like the Nationals are going to the World Series. Yeah. So follow, like, subscribe, sponsor. Everyone knows what's good. Audi. Bobby T and Julio G. He likes the Pats. I like the Jets. Hoping we can win some bets To Bay and Sports we have a blast Running fast like we in the flats Yankees talk, we do it all Don't forget about basketball Hockey too, begin the brawl